Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a story. It's a question, it's a statement, it's what can you offer? here for a celebration. You bought your tickets for a celebration. So a celebration is what you're going to get. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of What Can You Offer? And yet again, I am John Cross and I am joined as always by by you. What's your name? The Showcase. You know that. The Showcase. You know what's funny is um, we have, we're, on, we're on Anchor now. So it's like when we're on Anchor, we have... Um, different privileges and we have different um benefits that we didn't have with spreaker but i do have some very important news for everybody oh yeah i forgot the archives the archives have been saved so therefore every one of our 34 episodes on spreaker have been saved and will be uploaded to spotify Um, as of now you can still find them on the spreaker app if you want to listen to anything in great detail but don't fret don't worry it is okay we made it through the storm. But what was cool is uh, with Anchor is I realized people can like favorite your pod and yeah. they can like it and they can applaud it. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't realize that. So you really see in detail who's watching your, or who's listening to your pod. In the future, we'll do this and we'll make posts about it and stuff. But I also saw there's like options where you can uh, set up a voicemail. So like basically I can, I can set up a link, put it on, out on Facebook and all anyone has to do is click it. And uh, as long as they do it from their phone and they can call that number and just we'll have a recording and you can just say whatever you want to us and we can hit play and play it during an episode. That's so awesome. maybe in the future, if we want to ask some questions or something, or, or if you just want to, you know, leave us an asshole comment and uh, we'll, we, you know, whatever, tell Alex how much he sucks and how awesome I am. I mean, that'd be fine. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do all that in the future. We'll play around with all that stuff in the future because there are a lot of cool options, but uh here we are today. I'm back in Claremore. Quite different than last time because uh, today is beautiful. Nice very, and sunny. Very nice. Blue skies. I looked at the uh, weather. It looks like nobody's going nobody's gonna to drown today at least. But uh, anyway, I'm back here and uh, we are going to continue our discussion about, well, the only topic that, that anybody wants to hear about. And that is Oklahoma exclusive. You teased that you had a couple things to talk about today. I mean, I, I want you to talk about your tag match. Because, I mean, we, we briefly talked about it, but I want you well, to get we, into we, that. Well, we glossed over... Yeah, um, we glossed over a lot. A lot. Um, I mean, already. I mean, not... Gosh, like, already since the last pod. So I had a... I don't know what, what happened on the last pod, but apparently there was somewhere in there to where I had mentioned something about Grizzled Vet, and then uh, Tim had made a post, and I had... <laughs> I, was, I started texting him, because I didn't even think anything of it, but I started texting him, and I was like... I was like, uh, something. He was like, yeah, this grizzled vet. And I was like, I was like, where's that coming from? And he was like, he's like, oh, it's something you said in your podcast. And I'm like, honestly, I, I have no I clue. I didn't put that together until this very second. I said, honestly. So I didn't know that he was talking about you. I said, honestly, I have no clue if or when I said that. But if I did, it wasn't meant with any disrespect. Right. And um, he messaged me back. And he's like, oh, no, it's just funny because I was talking about it. And then I happened to hear it. So um, we, we Tim s- is a vet. Yeah. And honestly, I don't even know. Like, what, I, don't even, I don't know if Grizzle Vet's a bad term or not. But Tim's a vet. Gosh, I mean, if we're talking about OKX, we couldn't have done OKX without Tim. So, Tim, you know that. And um, then we had uh, 
you know, the the, de- the Dexter debacle, which I'm not going to go into. But I'll Dexter, to, I'll have to go back and listen to our last episode about the Gristled Vet things. I still I don't can, really I, even know I what mean, you're talking I don't think about. It was any, I don't think it was anything bad. I it think, sounds like I think, something you just went, you just glossed over that, uh, that I think didn't I, mean anything. I perceived it as yeah. being bad, but when I talked to Tim, it wasn't. Right. So, um, but that was that was kind of funny since the last podcast. I was like, shit, like we're just now on Anchor, and then boom, like no, that's I, fine. I, I pissed someone off. But it, now. it would not be our podcast without that. Um, and yeah, yeah, well, you, you don't have to go into any details about yeah. the Dexter. I mean, and I'll take a lot of hit for that because I uh, I was I was a little, you know, upset or annoyed about us possibly losing our old episodes and we hadn't recorded in a while and we were trying out this anchor thing and I didn't really understand how it worked, but I happened to have a backup recording of our podcast with Dexter and that phone, my phone, my recording was just sitting on the table the whole time like it, it was just i just left yeah. it sitting there and then after the podcast was over we got up we took pisses i mean we we talked about the show we just fucking it because and my phone was still over there recording dexter was still here too and dexter was still here he was going in and out looking for his fucking car keys or something yeah and i listened to that and i was like holy fuck we stopped the recording like 10 minutes before this but my phone kept going so i was like and i listened to it and honestly it's fucking mostly boring the main reason that i wanted to well two things first of all it's fucking pro wrestling it's a work ski where i say hey look it's this episode an old one you've already heard but guess what there's bonus content yeah so really it's a gimmick but i listened to those last 10 minutes and i thought there was a really funny bit in there where somebody pulls up to the shop but you've got the doors locked so you go and hide in the fucking back room but i'm just sitting here and you're like i can't let them see me because then i'll be a bad shop owner and i'm like well i'm fucking sitting here and then you say something and then i go no you're a bad shop owner if i open this door right now and tell them to go fuck (laughs) themselves i thought that bit was funny so i was like oh that'll be good but yeah apparently something slipped by about dexter or whatnot but like everything i listened to sounded like good humor and jokes and a lot of it i couldn't even tell when well it who was, was in the room and who wasn't well, it so. was right during the time yeah. um, i think right before that podcast we were talking and we, yeah, were, we yeah. and now that and this is okay because this is a little easter egg for you sure. guys the whole dexcluded thing yeah. it wasn't a heat thing like right, right. um there was confusion in the beginning with dexter and us and okx that we couldn't talk about before but yeah. up until like the last week we were trying to get dexter a spot so it's like um, and he, oh, was, yeah. he was unavailable. Uh, Newsflash, Dexter was supposed to be the first person to replace Aaron Andrews, but right. um, that didn't happen, and it worked out. But oh, yeah. um, anyway, we were trying to do this Dexcluded thing, and John had kept making this joke yeah. that when he kept telling me, when I see Dexter, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to shake his hand and I'm going to say, you're a bitch. Yeah. You're a bitch. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. he kept saying that to me. So it became like a joke. Well, when we were recording and we were doing the Dexcluded work thing, yeah. I popped John and I said, or he's just a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was meant to pop John. And oh. It was meant to be a work. But when listened to on yeah, that podcast, yeah. out of context, it, it sounds bad. It sounds like I just I just buttered the guy up, and then as yeah. soon as he left the room, I talked shit, which isn't the case. And I told him he messaged me, yeah, and yeah. I messaged him back. I said, "Dude, it's all good." I said, "Dude, it's a work ski." He messaged me back, and he goes, "I guess I got worked." <laughs> like, yeah, you, uh, yeah, because uh, uh, yeah, uh, up until. Like when we, when you told me we were going to record with Dexter, I just laid in hardcore like to you like off mic or whatever, just like fuck Dexter, man. I swear to God, man, I, I might just like slap him in his fucking mouth. Like I kept saying stuff like that, like oh I'm gonna man fuck that little bitch, and just constantly said that to the point to where to where like like you know 
um, you're just like <laughs> fucking like, dude, you, you're not going to get in a fight in my shop and stuff like that. And, and then like when we, when we kind of, when I kind of revealed that I was like, I'm just joking, dude. Like, cause I had told Aaron Anders, I was like, man, when I see Dexter at fucking WFC, I'm like, you, you're probably not going to have a match with him, Aaron. Cause I'm just going to beat the fuck out of him in the locker room. Aaron's like, dude, what the fuck, man, please. Well, like shit, man, I'm kind of looking forward to this match. You're going to get everybody kicked out of WFC. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking joking. This is all a joke. It's all, yeah. I haven't. Fucking no heat with anyone except for Damon Windsor. So I mean, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. that's a fucking joke too. But uh, anyway, fuck all that. Anyways, I mean, that is it, what it, it is. It, it, it's all it's all Gucci. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you even you tried to book Dexter for OKX as late as that podcast, you know, and that was just a few weeks. That's what I was saying. Is like right before you tried that, to get him a spot. We were like, hey, yeah. that I actually I called Tim and I was like, hey man, I was like, what do you think about this? And Tim told me on the phone, basically, he's like, yeah, you should do it. And I was, I was like, okay, cool. So I called yeah. Dexter. He wasn't available up until that day. I was like, I was like, we got, um, we got a little excluded action. And he was like, um, he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. So that's where all that came from. Right. But other than that, it's all Gucci. So early that morning, we had a interesting issue with the weather, like you said. And uh, um, so I mean, you, you did what? Now you grabbed like. All the money and shit, and and, and was I had the, down, I had, downtown. I had, the, I had the pay. No, they didn't head yeah. downtown. Like the superintendent comes flying through the parking lot. Right, I'm at the school, and they have a storm shelter about a hundred yards from the building. Okay, um, is that what it was? He opened it up for us, so everybody was kind of making their way there just in case. Um, there did, was you, also, did you get? Did you actually go in there? No, I didn't. I, okay. I was just it. wondering who all was in there. I, don't think anybody was. I barely made it through the front doors, and then, um, but the the show was good. Everything kind of worked out. Um, I mean, the night before, we meet there. We get everything set up. Yeah, I got there the day before. Uh, yeah. I rode uh, with the uh, – well, I didn't rode. I drove. Um, little uh, Fuelski rode with me. Oh, uh, oh, Tahlequah himself, Brad Eubanks, yeah, rode with me. he was very excited about his new He was super excited about uh, some, something that was going on within the nation at that time. The his, new Cherokee commissioner. So it was almost like a wrestling angle, like some, some evil dastardly heel was disqualified and uh, – Find out in two days if you go. I, I anyway anyway he was excited but he came to help and we uh, we toted in the stage and the ring and we had plenty you know we had yeah. a lot of people there Travis we King was there yeah, we stayed setting up till late yep. um, Zach and I were the last ones there yeah. and um, we uh, we bought pizza for everybody and that was cool right all right all right where were we where were we in the last one oh we're recording. <laughs> 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 Uh, no, no, you were just talking about the weather Eight and stuff. Man, um, just a heads up, if there's weird transitions, like, you know, it's all right. it is what it is, but uh, we're the, we're, this is a lot. This, this, is, this is my decision to come here early today because, well, I just didn't want to fucking be here late in the afternoon. I didn't feel like it. So, yeah, he's getting lame on this, man. I, I, got, I got nothing better to do right at this moment, uh, so I figured I'd drive to Claremore. So you skipped out on a workout today. No, I'll be working out when I leave here. He's going to work out tonight. Deep down. I don't, I don't miss workouts, fool. What he's trying to say is he already has something to do. Today's Why arms and shoulders, bro. Brittany. Yeah, it'll work out. But uh, that's what he's trying to say. I Man, I can go to the movies. I've been wanting to go to the movies. I'll watch that new. Uh, movie you that. you're gonna go watch um, uh, Bradburn? Godzilla is what I'm gonna see next, most likely, because it comes out this weekend. But uh, I do really want to see Brightburn, so I, I will see it. But Godzilla takes priority over everything. Godzilla is like right up there with Endgame for me, so I'm 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 there for Godzilla. But uh, anyway, um, well, 
So we survived the weather, we survived the storm, we got the show set up and everything, and then... But anyway, so uh, we talked about Godzilla, you know, here's the thing, Uh, as far as movies go in general, um, Brightburn, I watched that, it was awesome, John Wick 3 was awesome, and it had a really good ending to it that left you wanting more, and then, um, so I definitely think you should see those. I will. I've never been a big Godzilla guy, so... Yeah, I'm right there, I'm fucking all in on Godzilla, I'm all elite on Godzilla. It's hard for me to get excited about it um but anyway it is what it is but as far as okx goes since we're hopping around we kind of dabbled in this a second ago so for me zach and i stay we're we're setting everything yeah, up you stayed it's, later it's, than it's nice you know we're messing around um you know we got pizza for everyone everyone's kicking it mm-hmm. we're excited for the next day so go home it's late it's one one in the morning maybe get home go to sleep wake up uh, my wife had to go to our shoot job had an event that day so, which I usually coordinate, and so I was coordinating that kind of from my cell phone, right. same day as OKX. So, just to paint a picture, at least from my standpoint, is coordinating a shoot event, um, making sure everything's going good there, having OKX to help coordinate, um, you know, the whole, the thing of being a, a stressful day for it being a show, sure. keeping everyone happy, not stepping on people's toes, while trying to put together my own match with my own look for yeah. my own promo and then you topple that in on my wife having a car wreck and her having to go to the hospital literally moments before I walk out um, for the tag match it was pretty good so there's some matches I didn't get to watch all of so I'm sure we'll go into more detail whenever things happen but from a promoting standpoint I know we and we being the entire team of OKX we're extremely happy with the show we're sure. extremely happy with the card you know I really liked I still really liked O'Brien and Riker and I I liked that a lot for the fact that Riker broke curtain and he immediately got a pop for the Wizard of the Sea gimmick like you know like that that's a big deal to me like and I so knew that so whose call was that the Wizard of the Sea we kind of just talked about it um and we were like yeah we're good um and we kind of just talked about it and then you know we didn't have much promo work coming out of it so we were like, okay well um we'll go ahead and make a deal and, yeah. we'll, and we'll make it happen and it did happen and right. um I didn't know it was happening yeah, so I yeah well we, the drown god was gonna be a thing which in kind of like this when I when you go back to your other podcast and you talk about you talk about everything it's like yeah. I I did not know Jake was a a baby face yeah so um, in in my head I kind of assumed he was a heel sure 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 and um so pos- so positioning um, Riker in that spot I mean to be honest like maybe this is what Jake meant when he said that he didn't get much direction but uh he should have been a heel. Like he should have just yeah. played a heel at OKX. Like there you go. Yeah. He should have just played a heel. I was I was excited to see the uh, Wizard of the Sea. That is my favorite Riker. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was like an era before the Wizard of the Sea. It gets, this was... it gets more. It gets. He he's got way more personality in that uh, in that. So and it got him. I mean you know like Bostic from World Class saw it, loved it. He liked the way that it that that whole gimmick was and stuff. And like I mean I get. Rikers drown God and wanting to be more serious and stuff, but I mean, hey, he's he's a big, lovable, goofy guy in real life. So to see that expressed out in the ring, I mean, it comes off as more genuine for me. So he's also a big, nasty, mean guy too. But yeah, the the Riker that I know personally that I hang out with, he's just a fun-loving, happy guy. So yeah, I, I was st- happy to see that. And you know, I still I, I really like the drown God. Riker has never had an inception of him that I didn't like. Mm. You know, like I. I 
the, I love the Cutthroat King in the beginning because I loved him in all black. And yeah. then, you know, he morphed into, you know, the, the character with the sharks, which I know he got tired of playing. And sure. then the Wizard of the Sea, it kind we of morphed all into that. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it was over. And the Wizard of the Sea, I'm partial to more than anything because that's the guy I had that match with that, that kind of put me yeah. as an Oklahoma worker on the map. Right. And um, so that that's what I think of. But I do really do like the Drowned Gob. So in, in retrospect, like, yeah, I shouldn't probably have assumed Jake was a heel, but, you know, and, and every time I've ever seen Jake, he was a heel. So that's what I thought. And um, what a revival plug there. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, was, it was one of those things. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed um, Wes Malico tremendously. Well, I mean, I, and I know there, there are different opinions, varying opinions of whatnot, and, like, but from, a, from strictly, like, well, I don't know about technical standpoint, but but not not in the sense of like having a technical match, but in in the sense of like you're gonna put something on a camera, like you're gonna hand somebody a, a, a flash drive that has two matches on it, and they watch my match and they watch West versus Malico. West Malico is the better match. Now, atmosphere, the people that were there that bought tickets to see me come back, maybe or whatnot, you know, and and stuff like that, and to see Luke and our you know, bring our story to life. But if you hand that to people that didn't see any of the lead-up videos and don't know my name, don't know Luke's name, don't know Wes or Malico, they're going to like the Wes Malico match better. And that's perfectly fine because that match was freaking awesome. So um, I can't say enough good things about those guys. They killed it out there. You know, and um, as far as Wes and Malico go is I appreciated what both of them did for the show. They, they did. Because they earned their keep that night yeah. without a doubt in my mind. Yeah. There was money. There was money that was already been paid. It had already been promised and already been agreed on. And Wes in particular had already pre that show had been paid for video had been paid for work had been paid for flyer he was paid handsomely and he'd already had it in his pocket so he could have went out there and just had another match could have phoned it in so I appreciate the fact that he went out there and did a lot for OKX so they went out there did the match they cleared everything they did by us um we had a few rules that we you know the school wouldn't let us have blood and you know Tim wanted to protect his canvas and we got out of that almost scotch free, yeah. and they but they, they killed it, and I appreciate it. I gave Malico a hug after the match. I thanked him. I gave Wes a hug after Absolutely. the match. I thanked him. I it, here's here's my take. It's the same thing. There's two matches on that card that really mean something. You have the Wes Malico match, and yeah. you have the John Cross Luke match. And I think from a technical standpoint, like you said. If I'm a casual wrestling fan watching the match, I'm looking for like a back and forth. I think John and Luke have the edge, yeah. but from an overall standpoint, and you know, as far as bringing in gimmicks, I think they have the edge because their storytelling was told different than what you guys' story. If, if I'm invested about. in both stories and I know everything that's going on, then I'm probably favoring the main event. But if I if I'm just a guy and you're just like here, watch these two matches, I'm I'm gonna like that one better, mainly for the fact that it's not 50 minutes long and uh, and everything's compacted and. And, uh, they told their own story. They had some great stuff happen in that match. It was so exciting. They're two very interesting characters. I love that finish. Like, I, I, my wife recorded their finish like from her cell phone from like this perfect angle, and I watch it all the time. I saved it on my phone. I love it. So, anyway, uh, it doesn't matter though. Both great matches. The there were all kinds great. of great matches on that show. And uh, but Wes and Malico was probably the highlight of the night for me. I, I, I just absolutely loved it. That was the longest. Well, I've been on a few shows with Malico. I mean, that's obviously the first time as a wrestler I was on a show with Malico, but uh, I've never really talked to him other than shake his hand and hello, goodbye. 
But uh, we had a pretty long talk that night, and uh, I got to know the guy a little bit better after his match. And uh, it was – I don't know. I'm, I'm very high – and Wes, like, I've always liked Wes. Um, but he – I don't know with – you know, and selfishly, he did something for me. He made that awesome video. Um, he made that awesome video for me, yep. he, and he helped me. He made my entrance video for me. Um, so he helped me along the way, and then he had that killer match. So, like, Wes – I mean, he's way up there for me right now. So that, that dude, that dude is doing it, man. He's doing great. No, Wes, Wes did awesome. Um, I really, I really liked his performance. And I remember, like, here's a little backstage spot for you. He came to me at UWE and he said, "Hey, I really think about doing this finish." Um, he's like, "Who do you have going up?" And we didn't know at the time. Yeah. And we're like, we're like, well, um, we'll let you know. And he was like, well, either way, we want to expose the, a side of the ring. And we want to, you know, take it on the bare wood. Yeah. And I said, if you can get that approved by Tim, yeah, I'm down. And I know Jeremy was down, and I know Doggins was down. So right. it's like, if you can get it approved by Tim, because you're essentially ripping up his carpet pattern sure, sure. and his stuff. And like, when you have that adrenaline going, you're probably not paying attention to detail. And you know, there could be, you know, a case of ripping, or you know, right. there's a lot of room for error there. Absolutely. And I told him, I said, if you can do that. Then fine. And he got it approved, so therefore we did it, which was a great call. It was a great move. And Jeremy and I had pitched an idea for that for a long time, like at WFC, for him to take a finish on the wood. It's a great thing that Oklahoma Wrestling hasn't seen, so why not Why well, not do it? the only reason Oklahoma Wrestling hasn't seen it is because uh, a commissioner shut it down when I tried to do it originally. So, I mean, me and Tim tried to do that. That's one reason why I'm kind of surprised Tim allowed it, because I, I thought he'd be upset that uh, it was his idea and it never got – or, well, I mean, it was something he wanted to do that never came to fruition. But yeah. uh, Tim and I wanted to do that exact same angle where I I had, like, I had, and it was all set up. Me and Tim had an unsanctioned match. I had a knife under the ring specifically to cut the ropes of the apron. That I wasn't going to use in the match, yeah. but I was going to cut the ropes, pull back the canvas, expose the boards, and then I was going to eat a spine buster from him on the wood. And uh, in that match... Earlier in the match, we exposed a turnbuckle. We pulled the turnbuckle pad off, right? Common wrestling thing. We pulled the top turnbuckle pad off. The Oklahoma commissioner that was there that night flipped out, ran in the locker room, screamed that if this, if this match was not stopped right now and that turnbuckle pad not placed back on that turnbuckle, she was going to shut the entire show down. And in the middle of me and Tim's main event match... Um, Anarchy randomly has nothing to do with the angle comes out in the ring and starts fighting with me and Tim out of nowhere unplanned completely unplanned Yeah, comes out and starts a fight with me and Tim so he can whisper in our ear you guys gotta come to the back so me and Tim fight to the back in the middle of our match completely unplanned when we get to the back in the middle of an active match still I have to keep repeating um, we get told you have to stay back here until the turnbuckle pad's back on. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, we were going to rip the fucking canvas up at the end of this match. And you're telling me that they're about to shut this entire building down because we took a turnbuckle pad off. Yeah. The best part of that, the best part of that fucking thing is we were the main event, Tim and I, the semi main event was, it might've been. Walker and Fuel, Brandon. It was Brandon Walker and somebody. I don't know if it was Fuel. I can't remember. They beat the living fuck out of each other with chairs. Yeah. Beat the shit out of each other with chairs. 
and the commissioner didn't give a fuck. Didn't say a word. I mean, you know, probably like th- a pimple, nice and festering. Well, that's another. That's that's just another example of why the boxing commission is is dog shit. It doesn't have any place in pro wrestling because they don't understand that. Like like to them, taking a turnbuckle pad off was like, oh my god, the ring's unsafe now. But swinging a steel chair at each other, oh, that's fine because they're probably made of foam or something, right? Yeah, like yeah. that—that's that's just another example of, of what. Like that's a whole other podcast about how the boxing commission is dog shit. And I hate sometimes I hate saying that because I am friends with some of the commissioners. There's a commissioner named Bonnie. I don't know if she still works there. Honestly, I haven't seen her in a long time. Love her to death. Friends with her on Facebook. She's fucking awesome. There's a commissioner named Dennis who a lot of people don't like. He lives in Tahlequah, so we used to always get him at UWE. Um, I grew to be friends with him. He was he's just a cool old guy. Reminded me of my dad. Like, he's just a cool old guy. Totally fine if you just play ball. Um, but then there are commissioners like the ones we got that night who she may have been new or maybe because they have people that only do the MMA events and stuff too. Yeah. So maybe Dennis wasn't available, so they had to grab the only person on call and they grabbed this girl that's only done MMA and sent her to this show. And, you know, I guess in MMA, if the foam comes off the corner of the cage, maybe they have to flip out and stop the match or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, this is pro wrestling. So, I, she, basically, she was not smartened up to anything. I yeah. mean, there you go. It's as simple as that. She wasn't smartened up to anything. Um, I, I often regret the decision to, you know, basically we, we sat backstage for about five minutes while they replaced the turnbuckle. And then we had to come up with a new finish on the fly. On the fly, they she robbed us of our finish, which was going to be a spinebuster on the boards. Uh, we had to come up with something completely new on the fly, and I don't even remember what we did. I think uh, she made advantage. She just done it, and the match was over. I mean, should have, should have, but didn't. Uh, I, I didn't want to fucking fuck over the company, but like, I don't even remember what we did. I think we just beat the shit out of each other, and eventually, it was an unsanctioned match where like, because we did a gimmick where we didn't even have entrance music. Like, we didn't do entrance music. We didn't do announcements. Um, it was technically supposed to be after the show was over that this match was happening. It was the it was it was you know it was advertised, but uh, not like as the main event though. But it was the main event, and the the only there was no ring announcers, um, no referee. The only way to win the match was uh, to uh, ring the bell yourself. That was the only way to win the match that me and Tim did. So I, I remember I hit him, I hit him with the swanton and. Uh, the, the bell was in the ring already because we had, like, hit each other with it. And uh, I remember um, he was crawling on his stomach. This is the finish. Crawling on his stomach towards the bell, and he had the hammer, the, the, the bell hammer in his hand. And I hit him with the swanton across the back off the top rope. And when I did that, somehow, even though I didn't touch it, the, the, the like, reflexes of his body, I guess, his arm hitting the canvas, the head of the hammer. And this is a little bitty, you know, like, pin nail hammer, of course. Flies off into the crowd. Nobody gives a <laughs> shit about that, which is way more dangerous than a fucking a chair or anything. It's a little piece. It's like a fucking like like D cell battery flying through the crowd at children's heads. Flies off into the crowd. But I hit him with the swanton. I pull the hammer handle only out of his hand, and then I ring the bell with that. I don't know what happened to the fucking head of that hammer. I never found that out. But I was pretty furious that night. The match is not that bad, but anyway, that's a there's a fun commission story. Um, but like you said, Wes and Malico pulled off the, they exposed the boards. They did the, uh, I don't know what Wes calls that move. It's called fucking, um, gig and tonic is what I'm, I know it as, but it was devastating. He fucking buried Malico on those boards and, and beat him. It was awesome. Yeah, it, looked, it, it was good. And you know, I don't know that, that whole bell thing has got me thinking now. Like that's a great match. We should, we should do that sometime with a little tweak. 
It could be better. In hindsight... First person to ring the bell. In hindsight, I think it has potential. The whole unsanctioned match, which WWE's done unsanctioned matches, but they still had referees and stuff. Our idea was like, this is unsanctioned by the company, so they're not going to play you music. They're not going to give you a referee. Like They're not going to give you ring announcements because it's unsanctioned. They don't want this match to happen. All they're providing you with is a, a, a ring to do it in, basically. That's yeah. all that the company's providing you in. Um, in like On paper, it's not a bad idea, and I think there is some, some room there to make something cool out of it. However, I remember in execution, it was very lackluster to walk out with no music. Like, yeah. super lackluster. No announcements. So you have to really be like... You better be a popular son of a bitch, and the people better actually be there to see you and, and like like you and appreciate you if yeah. you're going to walk out to no music with no without your name or anything. You got to think, even WWE, when people walk out with yeah. no music, they barely get a reaction. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, and they're trained like that way. Like I think it should. could be done though. Yeah, the, the only way to win the match was to ring the bell yourself, but but I don't know, and, and that's not a bad idea. But it, we and we weren't like rushing to ring the bell. Like it wasn't like you know ding ding ding, and then we both dive out of the ring to try to get the bell. You know, the whole idea was more like last man standing. Like you should, you're supposed to incapacitate your opponent and then ring the bell yourself. It was basically last man standing without the ten count. Um, just when you're done beating your opponent's ass, you can ring the bell. Like yeah. anyway, it was just something we we wanted to try something different. We'd already done the I quit and all that shit, and we, so we did that. But anyway, yeah, that, it was what it was. Um, that is cool. That was a cool story. I'm glad I got to tell that. I didn't know we were going to yeah, go there, but there, cool. there it is. Well, I mean, the the West Malico thing is a, is a great match. I appreciated. I appreciated. Oh it. fuck yeah! I love and, those guys. Um, I, yeah, I 100 percent appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah, if book them for sure. And um, if and when years from now if there's ever another show that I host or anyone hosts, yeah. like I will definitely be reaching out and making a phone call. So uh, what about um, – now, in the future, we are going to do a um, OKX. I, I don't, well, we may do a watch-along at some point. I'm sure we'll do like commentary tracks for some matches at some point. Yeah, I yeah. really want to get together at the shop here with friends – and watch the show, not not record, not yeah. not a podcast or anything. Like we, I want to like when we do pay per views and stuff here. I want to sit down with yeah. the Blu Ray and watch the whole show because I did not get to see everything. I did not get to see Tim and Fuel, um, which was a match I was really looking forward to. I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to see all of your tag match. I saw from a from maybe a little further than the midway on. I saw the last, the bottom third, basically of yeah. y'all's tag match. Um, and uh, I mean, honestly, it'd be easier to name the matches I did see. I did see the triple threat with Nasty and D and Tommy Dean. I didn't see that one. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. You need to, you definitely need to watch it. Um, I mean... Nasty well, really doesn't like his performance in that match. Nasty has not once in the last, like, six months ever told me he was happy with his matches. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if Nasty just has a thing now where he's like, I'm just going to play it safe and just hate everything that I do from now on because yeah. I know that after Nasty has a match, I can walk up to him in the locker room, I can shake his hand and say, good job, and he'll go, man, it fucking sucked. It's, it's every time now. So at OKX, I was like, I wonder if Nasty's going to tell me that that match sucked. And I walk up to him, and he's just like, Man, that fucking sucked. And he's not talking about. By the way, if D or Tommy listens to this, he's he's really down on himself a lot, which I which fucking annoys the fuck out of me because nasty. Even though nasty's not in as good a shape as he used to be, he's still one of the fucking goddamn best. And he's he's right there. He's number one or number two as far as my best opponents of all yeah. time. Oh, fuck. Well, I'm, what am I? He's number one as far as John Cross opponents go. So um, I love nasty. That triple threat was great. I told them honestly that night. 
that um, and remember we're breaking shit down so kayfabe is out the fucking window at this point I told them honestly that that night that the only thing I did not like about that match was was the actual finish like and the finish was not bad the finish on paper was fantastic yeah it was Tommy Dean and Nasty are on the same top turnbuckle and they're fighting and then I think D ran up and they bumped him and then Tommy turns and hits the frog splash on D when he hits the ground and then from the recoil of that frog splash, Nasty hits his own frog splash on Tommy Dean and gets the win. I love the idea of that finish. The execution was just a little bit off because you know how when Rob Van Dam hit his frog splash, he would like bounce off of him and sell his ribs? Yeah. That's what it needed. That's what Tommy needed to do. He needed to hit his frog splash, bounce off of D, selling his ribs, and then Nasty frog splash him. What, what it really looked like was... Tommy hits the frog splash, Double D rolls out of the ring, and then Tommy just lays there for some reason. Nah. And Nasty is. Now, I bet if I watch it back, I bet it's not as bad as I'm thinking about in my mind. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I don't mean to say that. It wasn't bad. I think yeah. this is, again, one of those situations that only someone with a worker's eye is going to really catch it. Yeah. But I would have liked it a lot better if Tommy would have hit the frog splash and then just rolled in all directions, just like selling the fuck yeah. out of his ribs. Just legs kicking every which away, and Nasty just did his frog splash and hit whatever fucking part of Tommy he could hit. Yeah. Like, just hit him just while he was writhing in pain. But uh, the match itself was great. I-, I thought it was an awesome match. So, And that was like, I mean, it, I think we mentioned this before, but we'll de- I'll definitely say it here. Um, in the week's... In the discussion about OKX, the Aaron Anders, um, Aaron Anders, Mr. Nasty, Double D, that was my vote for the main event. That's what I wanted the main event yeah, to be. Thank God it wasn't. <laughs> Not because of the I know, I know, but because yeah. of Aaron dropped out. Well, Aaron dropped out, and like I mean, there's no secret. Like that, I'm the one. That was yeah. my idea. That match was my yeah, yeah, my yeah, pick. Yeah. Like great idea. We all brought we all brought yeah. stuff to the table. That match was something that I brought to the table. It was a great match. I, I love triple threats. I love those three guys. And I think it was going to be an awesome match. It was still an awesome match. Was, but yeah, I think it would have yeah. been just as awesome of a match and a worthy main event. But, um, I mean, I understand why we went with... I didn't really... I didn't see in the beginning, as, I, as I'm apt to do, I don't really see myself as highly as some people do. And, and like, I didn't really see in the beginning me and Luke's yeah. build being so, like, good and people really getting so behind it. Because um, when I was looking at it, I was just like, everybody was pitching it to me like, it's like, it's John Cross coming back. It has to be the main event. And I still don't buy that. But with the build and the interest and the cool videos and stuff, it did become a worthy main the event. Build, so. The build was, it was, it was well worth it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not nearly conceited enough to try to put myself in the main event yeah. of a show. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, JD's the same way. And also, it's like you, we tried to think about, okay, um, we've talked about it many times. Yeah. Exclusive. It doesn't mean who you book. It's what you're presenting. Yeah. And then number two, it's like you look at it from you know, your standpoint. Like, what do you look at? Like, okay, well, we open the show. You have you have world-class owner, Jerry Bostick. Open yeah. to open Oklahoma exclusive. That okay? was a great gift. That came late, too. Yeah, it did. That, and, was, that wasn't planned. And then you have, you have the four-way, which, you know, I'll say, I don't know if I've said this on the other one or not, but like, you put Graham Bell, Fuego, Mahali, and Paul in the ring. Okay, yeah. everybody represents essentially a different company. Yeah. Mahali kind of blends the lines between mid south and world class. Sure. He works both, but Fuego's more so world class. Sure. And so it's like, you know, Paul WFC, Graham's all over. So Graham, here's a fun little story about Graham. Yeah. Is Graham is 
He's one of those guys to where if you listen to other people's opinion yes. and don't form your own opinion, yes. you'll not like him. I completely agree. And that's kind of where I was. When I was a rookie and I had met Graham, Graham was arrogant. Yeah. And um, I just he rubbed me the wrong way. Absolutely, I, just, I, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, and Luke was always pretty chill. Sure, but I remember being STF and watching Diamond Dogs and thinking mm-hmm. like, "There's no way we can touch that." You yeah, know, there's no way. And um, so that's the way it was with Graham. So I had no like thought about Graham working OKX. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, "No, if we're gonna do a Oklahoma exclusive, um, and this is our event, we want to book people we like." I'm not in. Sure. The, I'm not in this to be a promoter. Jaden's right, not right, in this right. to be a promoter. We're not trying to – I don't care if I'm making this company happy by booking their guy. It does not matter. I, it's just, this is fantasy booking. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like this is what we're doing. Um, I didn't do it to make money. We did it for a bucket list. Sure. Like, that's what it was. We just happened to make our investments back. So right. great. Um, but that's the way it was with Graham. And John kept saying, dude, but Graham. Dude, yeah. but Graham. Dude, but Graham. And Luke, yeah. and Luke kept saying – he kept saying, well, yep. well, what about Graham? What about Graham? And finally, I, I, I remember I took it to the chat, and Jeremy was like, I could give a shit less. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we don't have to book Graham. Because you're, you're – I haven't talked – I hadn't talked to Graham in three years. So it's like you're only hearing right. third-party opinions. Right, right, right. But I see him at WFC. Okay, so we decide to book him. We have a little bit of conversation. It's very business structured. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I sent you the screenshot. Like, yeah. I, I booked him. Talk to him. Hey, I want this much. How about for this much? Okay, we'll do. Okay, well, he's booked. He's ready to go. I messaged him back. We had an idea for a ladder match. We negotiated that a little bit. That got scrapped. Boom. Here's your pay. Okay, he's booked. I don't look at it as being in a, a low spot on the card. would have probably been the Rumble. And I don't look at the Rumble as low because no. that wasn't a normal pre-show. No. The first person that broke curtain, London Calling broke curtain, fans went crazy. Yeah. And Richie really killed it in that I'll rumble. We'll whole, go. We'll go over that yeah, um, soon. But while we're on the Graham topic, oh um, yeah, finish, so yeah, it, finish up about Graham. That that was the Graham topic. And then um, we're at WFC the show before. I was approached about some extracurricular things with them that will come to light later. And um, Graham, you know, comes up. He gives me a hug. He gives Luke a hug. We're sitting right there talking. We all have conversations. Like, okay, this is cool. So then I talk to him in the back a little bit. Yeah. Everything's fine. He and Brad are coexisting. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, this this is cool. And then OKX gets there, and you know, Graham's super cool there. Pulls me aside, hey man, I, I know I know you're super busy right now. I know you got this going on. Do you mind to come do this with me real quick? Yeah. Like, super respectful. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, man, like, I could totally see the good, a good side. So, I remember I went up to Luke and I was like, I was like, you know what, man, I think. And, and you know, Luke, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I walked to Luke and I was like. You know, like, I really think that um, people drop the ball by not giving Graham a chance because of yeah. what other people say because he's been super – nothing but cool to me today. And Luke's like, man, that's just how it is. Yeah. He's like – he just speaks his mind and people take it the wrong way. Well, let me let me talk just a little bit about Graham too then because I, I really want to. Um, but uh, – and we're not going to go into the details at all of this, but, like, Fuel and, and Graham don't, don't get along – Specifically, I mean, they're, they're fine. They can totally coexist. They they totally can. But well, they're, they're, they got brought together at the end. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. I I didn't see any of that, but yeah, I did hear about it from you. But uh, um, anyway, Fuel is one of my best friends. I fucking I, I moved up here to be closer to Fuel. I really did. Um, but uh, um, so you know, that, there's that relationship as well. But as a as a performer, as a, as as a guy in the world of wrestling. It's undeniable that Graham is just so talented, yeah. so amazingly talented, um, and 
his mind is really good. I'll tell you right now, Luke and I ran not just ideas. This is, I mean, he's, he's the only person. Luke and I ran our entire match by Graham to get his opinion on it because we value his opinion that yeah. much. So, like, that's just, that's just one thing, man. Um, I will, but, uh, you know, and, and Graham, like, here's a, um, I mean, another little tidbit on Graham is uh, I have never actually sit down from a fan's perspective mm-hmm. and watched Graham do anything. Right. And I sat down by the hard cam. You did. First match. And I wanted to watch the opening of the show because it's like it's like, it's like sitting back and watching a creation that if you, you put if so you, much time into. You have to relish some of you it. You can get an opportunity to, to do so that. So I'm you know, sitting there for a brief second and I'm creation. watching the entrances and I'm like, man, everything just looks so good. Fans are yeah. so into it. And um, I hear Graham's music start. Yeah. And then the music just fits so well. Yeah. And he had it timed to the T, his entrance, with his cannon. The way he stood there, he paused for the camera. And then as soon as the music kicked in, he's walking around the ring. And me watching his entrance gave me chills. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm watching a guy I have zero investment in. Right. And he's making me feel some kind of way about wrestling. I feel like a fan, yeah, yeah. So I immediately walked to the back curtain. Yeah. And you and Tim were about 10 feet apart. Yep. And I walked up to you and said, Graham is a fucking star. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go, you said something along the lines are, you're just now noticing that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then I walked over to Tim and I go, dude, Graham is a fucking star. Yeah. And Tim goes, oh, dude, I know. Did you see that entrance? Like Tim, the same way. He got it. He got and it. And yeah. he got it. And um, like I have chills right now saying it because yeah. it was so badass. Like so invest. Like I immediately love the music. I'm you know, absolutely. So, and then afterwards, when we were distributing gimmicks, we uh, were in the back room, and I told him, I said, "Dude, I said not to be that guy, but when I watched your entrance, it gave me the feel like I was watching NXT or something." Yeah. I was like, "That's just the kind of the feeling that that came along with it." And um, well, after after um after the match. Uh, in the locker room at some point as I was, you know, meandering about with half a concussion, um, Graham came up to me and he shook my hand and he hugged me and he said, thank you for taking care of my boy. And uh, I don't know, it meant a lot to me. I met, I've messaged Graham a couple times in the uh, days since OKX just kind of asking his opinion on my performance. And, you know, I'm like, man, but... Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've reached out to Graham a couple times since the match, mainly because... This is this is basically exactly what I said to him. I was like, dude, because me and him are not we're not friends. We're we're acquaintances. I mean, that's it through wrestling. And just like, I'm like, hey, you know, just based on your reputation alone, I know that you won't blow smoke up my ass like my friend circle will. So uh, just tell me what you really thought about my performance. And he's given me some really honest feedback. Good, you know, the goods, the positives, the negatives, all that stuff. And uh, I really, really do appreciate his input on that um the very fact that luke values his opinion so much makes me value his opinion more you know because because i i trust luke's uh luke's uh, intuition and whatnot so well, it's pretty cool that they have each other's backs like this absolutely even conversation since it's uh it involves around graham so um yeah. anyway basically yep. that, i don't know what i'm getting i'm not trying to like you know, no 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 do a gram fest but hey it's like, we're just talking man yeah super cool with me um nothing ill towards me and like if we're gonna piggyback like there's no secret him and brad have their issues sure but um brad and i think it's it's fine to talk about it. brad made a post and brad said okx did a lot more than just provide a wrestling show because at the end of that show brad and graham hugged like, that's pretty cool it's a cool moment that you is know? Cool. like and what a lot of people don't know is that during your main event, like, 
there was a moment where one of Brad's kids they thought was lost. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a scoop for you guys. They thought one of the kids was lost. Um, Alicia and Graham did. And Graham was in the parking lot, frantic, trying to looking in cars, tapping on windows, like trying to find. At least from what I've been told, I've, this has all been relayed to me from Doggins. But like he was trying, and he, he like the fear he had of like not being able to find the kid. They ended up finding the kid over by Grand Holster. <laughs> but I was uh, gonna say like you didn't book uh, Jeff the ref, so I don't know whose car yeah. you had, to, whose trunk you had to check. I know, right? But anyway, uh, that's. That's that, and um, you know, I know Tim. Tim played a big part into oh, going up man. to Brad and talking to him about, you know, I have a story I want to tell so yeah. bad, but I can't. I just can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Fuck it. It's about a missing kid, but I can't. I can't do it because I, I know that the person that it's about fucking listens to this show. God damn it! I'll think about it. I'll think about telling it some other time, maybe. But avoid I, it. But I'll okay, tell you so, after. So though. there's that match. Okay, and then. Um, so that's the opener, and then the Riker O'Brien. I I actually liked. Hey, the look, look, real quick before we move on, just just about not about anybody particularly, but about that opener. I was excited about the four way because again, like like you know, I was just around for influence and stuff. Um, Ring of Honor, my favorite fucking era of wrestling ever. Um, oh four, oh five, oh six. Like Ring of Honor used to always open their shows with um, a four way match. Always. Now, typically they did like tags. Um, like there would be there'd be four guys, two of them would be on the apron, but you could tag out to anybody you wanted to. You could tag out to either side because it was first, you know, winner come all or whatever. It was all four against each other. Anyway, I, I just that excited me because we had the stage, which was similar to Ring of Honor, yeah. and then we had the opener was a four way, was similar to Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, the four way uh, so was. I, I like, uh, I like I mean, that. There's no secret. There's guys you want to get on the card, and yeah. you have to make matches happen. That was a unique match, in my opinion. It's like it's a yeah. four-way. It's hot. It's the opener. Fuego flies. Paul flies. Mahali comes from the top rope. You know, you, you throw Graham in the mix. It's like, it's a fireworks match. You know what I mean? So, I think that's where it's at. Um, the Jake, the Jake and Riker match, we covered it. I actually enjoyed the match because I think it gave the fans something different than a fast-paced. You know, yeah. you, you have to offer something, in my opinion. I feel like we offered comedy, nostalgia, fast-paced. Wrestling and then the main event, and you know, yeah, Tim, Tim and Brad was the story. It was the storytelling. Sure. SCF Finn Pals was the nostalgia. You know, John and Luke was your main event. They're going to go out there and do everything. Wes Malco was the hardcore. The opener was the fast-paced, high-flying. You know, that's kind of the way we looked at it. The Triple Threat was supposed to be the five-star wrestling match. Like yeah. that's why, the, that's why Aaron D and Nasty was so great. Because in my head, when I first put it on paper, it was. D, the pillar of IZW. Aaron, former compound champion. Nasty, WFC Hart. You know, like, you know, that that's kind of the way I looked at it. Let's um let's uh bring up real quick since we've said his name a few times, but um did you see um Aaron Andrews video on Twitter? Which one? The one where uh, McGowan tries to interview oh, him and yeah. he walks away. So that's basically um for the moment at least, man. Yeah, I mean, never say never. I sure as hell can't. I, that's coming from me, so there you go. Never say never, but uh, Aaron is uh, kind of packing it up for the moment. That's it. Yeah. And so I, think, uh, I feel bad for him. I love Aaron Andrews. He's, he's, he's one of my guys, man. He is one of my guys, and uh, um, I, I hate that he's, he's kind of in a place where he wants to walk away from wrestling, but fuck, I've been there, so I know what he's going through. I hope he makes a fucking huge comeback someday, and if he doesn't, I will cherish the Aaron Anders memories 
that I have, but I will forever be an Aaron Andrews fan. So, yeah, I love I love Aaron. Aaron not only as a worker, but I like Aaron as a guy. Like, Absolutely, you know, I like Aaron as a person. Like, you know, like fun fact for everybody, Aaron Andrews was the first person I called and asked if they would do OKX. Really, very first worker. That's cool. He was also the first person that we blasted out as being hashtag exclusive. Yeah. He was the he was number one like he was he was the guy for that one of the first people that I told that I was coming back to like outside of the OKX um, inner circle and um, one of the guys that I talked to on a weekly basis leading up to OKX because I value his opinion and I've said this before but uh, Aaron kind of filled that Christopher Fury void after Fury who I grew up in wrestling with left wrestling. And I was kind of left with a little bit of a void there. Aaron kind of filled that void for me in being like-minded and able to bounce ideas off of it. God damn! It's me, Dusty Gold. And we're going to put a pin in this episode. Tune in next week where you can hear John and Alex talk more about Oklahoma Exclusive. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.